Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and boy, do we have a show for you right now. We're going to be talking about the film Suicide Squad, Pup Star, Ben-Hur, and The Light Between Oceans. Right now, I'm with the wonderful Jerry Ross talking about the new Tom Hanks, Clint Eastwood film, Sully. Thank you very much, Jerry. Always a pleasure talking to you. It's always nice talking to you, and especially about such a spectacular film. Yes, indeed. I First of all, this film is based off a true story, the... The 2009 uh, Hudson River plane, um, plane landing, uh, I remember when I was, this was like, this was when I was, I was still in elementary school, but I saw the news and I heard about the story. And when I heard Clint Eastwood was directing and it was Tom Hanks and it was Aaron Eckhart, these this big cast and crew, I was incredibly excited. It just has all the elements of a spectacular film. And well, Jerry, what's the verdict? It's. It's an absolutely spectacular film. U.S. Airways Flight 1549, which is the flight we talked about, the one that crashed in the Hudson River in 2009, absolutely, absolutely an inspirational event, and they do such a wonderful job not only showing what happened during the crash and the very deep details from the sounds to the staging of the birds running into the engines and destroying them, but they also actually show afterwards because not a lot of people know that afterwards the two pilots they were actually scrutinized and they everybody was saying they didn't have to crash in the water they had enough thrust they had enough altitude to make a landing at Luganda airport and but in truth they didn't so it is kind of interesting to see that and it is absolutely a spectacular film definitely i remember Clint Eastwood was talking about it and mentioning that that's where the real story starts is that is the part that we don't know, and that's what I I love films based on true stories where we see a side of maybe a very famous event that is uh, that a lot of people know about, but there's these sections and these these behind the scenes part that uh, not many people know, and that's what films bring out. We we show the drama behind this inspirational event that happened. So, I mean, do we really need to talk about the acting in this film? Because, I mean, what do you have to say about Tom Hanks? Especially Aaron Eckhart, who's one of my favorites as well. He's done some of my favorite films, like Thank You for Smoking, uh, so many amazing films. So, let's talk about the acting. Oh, Tom Hanks definitely took the show. But he wasn't the only fantastic actor, but he did do a wonderful job playing the pilot whose name is Sully Sullenberger. And just... Just wow, because the character is very hard. Sully is portrayed as a person who, in the film, isn't very emotional. He doesn't talk very much. He's a very serious man, which I believe, based off what I know, is very lifelike. And he looks exactly like Sully, if you look at the comparison. And Tom Hanks also does a phenomenal job playing the parts where he's having nightmares. And he's imagining back to the past where he had the crash. Now with the crash is affecting him day-to-day life. Everywhere, it's like this anxiety building him. But like you said, Aaron Eckhart also did a phenomenal job as the uh, first officer, who was just pretty much co-pilot. And 
uh, just did an absolutely wonderful job playing Jeff Skiles. The two of them worked together perfectly, and it looks so realistic to the actual events in 2009. And honestly, it gives you a whole new perspective of the whole event that everybody, almost everybody, knows about. Oh, definitely. Well, the thing was interesting about Tom Hanks is I was I recently watched another film that starred him, Captain Phillips, and we live in that wonderful film. And I noticed something about Tom Hanks is that he he can play also some of the most iconic characters in film, but also I think some of his strong performances is when he's just playing everyday people. Sully in in this film is an everyday American just doing his job. Captain Phillips was an everyday American just doing his job. But it's these situations that they are put in that they have to figure out what they have to do. And it's just, it's nothing like, I don't know, I don't like to think Tom Hanks romanticizes his characters. He just plays people. And it's just the simplicity of just him playing just an everyday Joe that makes it even more powerful. I mean, he can he can powerhouse, he's a powerhouse actor, but there's just these certain roles that he's just playing an everyday guy. Uh, also, I have to mention that Laura Linney, who is another phenomenal actress and has done so many films, so many, I, I love doing the miniseries John Adams. And uh, so what about her in this film? Because she plays um, Sully's wife, I believe. Uh, her role as Laura Rain, pretty much Sully's wife, I believe, uh, she didn't have that big of a part. It was mostly maybe five, ten minutes total of screen time, but uh, she did well. You know, she was very emotional because she didn't really see her husband at all. And imagine that, you know, your loved one goes through a very close near-death experience and to know that... He has to deal with all of that now after being considered a hero. People saying that he's a phony. That must, it is very hard to take. She does a spectacular job playing that. She is very emotional. She is, She's in tears and looks very natural. And her facial expressions are perfect. So definitely she did a spectacular job. The whole cast, I don't, we honestly, the whole cast, not just a few people did wonderful because the family and the co-pilot isn't the only people there's also the people part of the board and there's the public and then there's the news anchors everybody they did spectacular and they really made the story come to life well that's fantastic what do you expect with a wonderful cast like this you're listening to kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and this show is sponsored by disney's the junker book out on dvd and we're going to be continuing talking about the films pup stars suicide squad ben-hur and life between oceans we're going to continue our conversation with jerry about sully now as i mentioned before this film is also directed by another legendary icon legendary actor clint eastwood who is still con- contributing to the film industry with his direction uh, so let's talk about how he made this film come to life because he was a huge part in this film as well. Clint Eastwood, he has a lot of films that he had did an absolutely phenomenal job, but this is probably his best. Just how spectacular mm-hmm. he achieved it and how many perfect things he did. One of the best things about this film is cinematography. Not only does it, does it do an excellent uh, portrayal of the plane crashing and very close-up shots of the actors in their most dramatic moments, but it also really makes you feel like you're part of the plane crash, which is terrifying, honestly, because you feel like you're part of the one of the passengers who's going down with the plane, not knowing if you're going to live or if you're going to die, and just trying to think about your loved ones. And it's so dramatic, so terrifying. Clint Eastwood did 
spectacular with that and the staging and the everything just went together so well and honestly this is easily one of the best films of the year so far now uh, you mentioned cinematography so can you explain a scene that made this film particularly unique with its cinematography I definitely say the plane crash because usually plane crash scenes they only focus on the outside and the big explosions and the beautiful special effects don't get me wrong they showed that but they showed more of people in New York reacting to that, people in office buildings seeing the plane going down, person in a helicopter, pilot of a helicopter reporting it, and also they show the uh, pilots, they show their certain faces not knowing what to do, not knowing what's going to happen, pretty much taking a wild guess if they're going to die or live. They also showed the passengers so scared, the stewardess so scared, because no, none of them know if they're going to live or die. And it is such a miracle that they were able to land the plane, of course, thanks to the high talent of Sully, of the pilot, that they were able to play, land a plane and get everybody off, no casualties. On top of that, the fact that it was in freezing cold water and freezing temperatures. Well, I wouldn't think they'll actually focus on like these special effects because usually this film isn't Olympus has fallen. We're not going to get the big explosions because usually when that happens, they're romanticizing the action. And this is a real event that happened. So I don't, I think it would it wouldn't be respectable to do something like that, which I'm glad they didn't, of course, but no, they focus on the actual emotion of these characters. So from what I'm hearing from you, and obviously you really enjoy this film. So let's, we're talking about the plane crash and that aspect of the story. Let's talk about the actual drama and the meat and bones of the story, which is the aftermath. How does this film portray it? And what do we, what do audiences get out of this film? The story is actually kind of interesting because it doesn't do it chronologically. It starts when he is talking to the board of safety administrators and telling them that he had to land the plane in the water and that there was no chance. They keep talking to the board of administrators that they have these simulations and these human simulations that show it that the plane first had an engine that was functioning, which was not true, and also that they had plenty of thrust and plenty of power to be able to land it. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, if you'd like to find out what happens, you're going to have to watch the film. But they do just spectacularly by incorporating the actual crash. And I like how they didn't do it like everybody would expect. They didn't just do it all about the crash and the beforehand, just a little bit of the aftermath. They mainly focused on the aftermath. The plane crash took about 10 minutes of runtime. It was mostly about him trying to deal with the board administrator, trainer, uh, administrator, sorry, and him worried about the fact that he may have actually made a mistake and endangered so many people's lives by trying to do a water landing. And what is also so well about this film is even though they don't mainly focus about the special effects, they do so, so spectacularly with it to make it look realistic. And it really does look like a plane is going down in the middle of New York City. Yes. So what would you say the age range for this film is? It is extremely mature, not because of language or anything like that. It's because of how intense and dramatic it is. And younger kids may be a little too traumatized for it. So I give an age rating of 13 to 18. It's ready to peach 13, so around that. All right. And 
how many stars would you give this film? Like, I really need to ask, but just in case. <laughs> Definitely five out of five stars. Honestly, I think this film is going to sweep the Oscars because of just how spectacular it is, how many things they did perfect, the acting, the cinematography, special effects, story, everything, just how accurate it is and how lifelike it looks to the real events. Everything just phenomenal, and I definitely recommend it. Well, I'm excited to see what this film's going to do. I can't wait to see it myself, but again, let's give fall films a chance. Fall has just begun, and we have a bunch of new films coming out, so let's see what the other contenders have to offer. Well, thank you very much, Jay, for talking about Sully. It's always been a pleasure. No problem. Thanks for letting me talk this, about it. Of course. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to continue talking about the film Suicide Squad, Pupstar, Ben-Hur, and A Life Between Oceans, so stay tuned. This show is sponsored by The Jungle Book, now on DVD. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kiss First Comic Attractions. We were just talking about the spectacular film Silly, and now we're going to be talking to Harmony, who is 18 and lives in beautiful San Jose, about the new film Suicide Squad. So, Harmony, what did you think about this film? I personally thought it was a good film, despite all the controversies and stuff and other reviews that were going off about this movie. I personally think the acting was especially memorable, especially with the amazing crew and cast. Now, I talked to a lot of people about this film now, and they either say the story is bland or it's perfectly done or the story is too complicated. So my main question, I guess, is what do you think about the story? You know what I tell everyone is it really depends on what your expectations are and if you're comparing it to any other comic book or adaptation of the story or characters. If you go in without any expectations or any comparisons to any comic books or anything 
regarding the characters, then I think that it's a really good story and that the movie did an amazing job executing it. But a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people give negative reviews and such because it's not anything like the comics or that it's not what they were expecting because they had a certain expectation in mind. You know, I personally think that any film that's based off any other material, if it's a reboot, a remake, or if it's uh, based off a comic book or a novel, they shouldn't go there to expect that it's going to be an exact scene-by-scene remake of something else because usually they don't do that. You know, when you're filming something and you're creating a film, you want to make it original. You want to make it entertaining. Do you agree? I agree. And what do you think about films in general over the last few years? Because there's been a lot of films that have been completely killed by hype. This is definitely a good example, but another great example is the new Star Wars film. People are saying it's eh because of how much hype it got. And they're saying that if it wasn't directed to Star Wars and if it wasn't gotten that much hype, it wouldn't be that you know negatively responded. So do you think that if films didn't get that much hype, there would be a lot more positive film reviews? Definitely. I feel so strongly about this. I, it makes me upset that a movie could be so absolutely phenomenal, but just because of the hype and expectations people have beforehand because of the hype, people, people get disappointed because they have this fake, um, this fake expectation of it being, I don't know, like they have this predetermined expectation for the film or this bias or whatever because of thoughts beforehand because of the hype and it they get disappointed which i feel like they wouldn't if they didn't participate in the hype i think that a lot of people would give more positive feedback so it really upsets me that this is the case it it is definitely very sad and it's sad that hype kills so many films for very few films it could actually make them legends now, let's get back to the Suicide Squad. You mentioned that the acting is great, and there's names like Will Smith, who plays Deadshot, or uh, Margot Robbie, who plays Harley Quinn. And what do you think of their performance? What did you like the most about them? I think the acting was phenomenal, especially with Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Um, I think their acting was the most memorable part of the film. A lot of people say that the, the actors made their standards especially high. And then when they saw the movie and the plot, it really disappointed them because they got all these famous people together and then they were kind of disappointed. But I think that the acting was the most memorable part. And you can really see them get into character and it's, you don't see them as actors. You kind of just see them as their role in the film and their facial expressions and everything was absolutely phenomenal. They put everything into it. And I think that they can actually win awards because of this. I think Margot Robbie did phenomenal. I can't stress it enough how much she surprised me in this film. It is very good when a film does have spectacular acting because no matter what or how bad any other part of the film is, acting is definitely a core part. You're listening to Kids First Contractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we talked about the film Silly, and we're also going to talk about the film's pup star, Ben-Hur, and the life between oceans. But right now we're going to continue talking about the action-packed film Suicide Squad, and Harmony was just talking about how she thinks that the acting was phenomenal, and she absolutely loved it, and it was one of the best parts about the film. And... And so, Harmony, my next question for you is about one role in specific. Uh, Gerald Leto, who played the Joker, some people said that that wasn't his best performance. What do you think? I think he did great, and I actually wish I saw more of him. I was expecting to see the Joker more involved with this film, and I was actually speaking with my friend about how they can make a spin-off of 
the Joker and Harley Quinn have their own movie because they did amazing and they worked amazing together. They had awesome chemistry. He always puts his all into his roles. He turns into his roles. He stays in character and you could totally tell that he does that in this film. I think he did an amazing job as Joker and I can't imagine anyone else taking that over for him. Now, one of the core parts about the Joker, since we are on the topic about the Joker, is the costume design and the makeup. It makes Jared Leto look like a completely different person. And overall, the characters in general had spectacular makeup and costume design. What did you think about it? Yeah, they totally transformed them them all. That Obviously, if everyone's already planning on being them for Halloween, they must have done something right with the costumes. <laughs> I definitely agree. And also, what do you think about the cinematography? Because since this is an action-packed film, cinematography is a huge deal. Yeah, the cinematography was good as well. It, there was a lot of action, there was a lot of crashing, this and that, but it wasn't too much where it just seems like explosions at that point. They had a good balance of shots of the actors and shots of the setting. I thought it was good. Cinematography does look spectacular. And another part about an action film is the special effects. So how was that? The special effects were great as well. I think all the aspects of this film were great. I specifically remember scenes because of these aspects, like the special effects, acting, cinematography. So I think that's all combined well and made it especially memorable. And would you change anything about the film? Like, is there any negative thought about the film? Or overall, do you think it's a spectacular film? I think it was spectacular. A lot of specific things made it really memorable, like the soundtrack and the acting and such. I think maybe they could work a little more on the plot or the storyline to get it more, I guess, more connected with what people are complaining about, like the comic book. Maybe they could tie in more. They can make it more parallel with the comic books. But other than that, I think they did phenomenal. And how many stories would you give this film? I give it a four and a half out of five stars. And why is that? Because I feel like I feel like this movie is really memorable in the senses that I said, the acting, the costumes, the setting. Um, but it could have been better just with a little improvement on the plot, I'd say. And do you have a favorite scene in the film? Favorite scene. I like it when they introduce each character one by one and show their backstory they're all so like bad in their own way and you can see how they each have their own power and they contribute to the squad now this film is very different than any other superhero film the only film you can even begin to consider comparing it to is guardians of the galaxy but it's still pretty different from that so do you think that there's a future of superhero films kind of this style where it's either bad guys getting together or a very 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 large and complex group of bad guys do you think that there's a future in any of that? Yeah, I could see a future in this because that is a huge change in what we're used to. Whereas the good guy versus bad guy, but this they some the protagonist of the film is are all the bad guys. So I think that's different and that can spark new ideas for new coming movies. And it's definitely confusing. Do you call them a protagonist? Do you call them antagonists? What are they? So thank you so much for talking to me about Suicide Squad. If any of the viewers would like to check out this film, it is now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orts, and you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by The Jungle Book, which is now on DVD. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the film Suicide Squad and Sully, and up ahead are still Ben-Hur and the Light Between Oceans. But right now, we are going to be talking to Morgan, who is 11 and lives in Los Angeles, about the brand new film, Pupstar. So, Morgan, what did you think about this film? I absolutely loved this film. It was so much fun to watch, and I liked that it was really fun and just adorable. It was really cool to watch as well, and I'm very happy that Airbud is making another wonderful film to add onto their list, and I'm really excited about it. I absolutely love this film, and one of the main things I liked about this film was the acting, I guess I should say voice acting too, because there are some dogs in this film that require voiceover work. So what did you think about their portrayal? The portrayal was actually very well done. I really did enjoy that. And I liked the way that they actually brought a lot of character to their characters and their voices as well, which was one of the coolest things. And the graphics in this were amazing. It looked like those were real dogs and they were really talking. And they are real dogs. And they actually used um, software and graphics to be able to make their mouths open and everything. And that was flawless. It really seemed like they were really talking and that uh, evolution dog treats do exist. And one of the main things that is very difficult about this film is since Pup Star is all about dog singing and a dog singing show, it is very hard to make the mouths open and close and move realistically to look like they're singing. And personally to me, I think that they made it perfect and it really did look like what the dogs were singing. What did you think? I agree that um, probably one of the best things about this film was that they did that and it looked just so perfectly. And that was really great the way they did that because that really added a lot to the film. And I like it when films add power and make it seem like you're really there. 
So you also got to cover the premiere for this film, correct? Yes, I did. I watched the red carpet. And did you learn any cool facts about the film that you'd like to share? Well, I might want to say everybody might want to cover their ears for this one, but Tiny is actually a boy, and her, his name is Howie. And that was something I did not ex expect, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I actually did not know that Charlie was a Labradoodle. That was another shocking fact to me. And that was actually really cool to learn about, and I really did enjoy that. And for the viewers out there, Tiny is in the film, a girl, and uh, he is is voiceover by the girl named Caitlin May Mayher. It's a little confusing there. Charlie's voiceover by the person, Tom Everett Scott. And I agree. I thought they were very well trained, too. Definitely the training in this film was spectacular because there are a lot of hard things like the animals walking here or walking here or picking up this and picking up that. And despite me just a few times noticing that they were using uh, some sort of plush doll instead of an actual dog or animation. Overall, it looked very realistic. Another part of this film, of course, is the singing. So what did you think about the songs in this film? I think that uh, the 13 songs are amazing because we get to hear Bonnie Somerville, who voices Emily Rose, sing country. And then we have uh, um, Oba Babatunde, who's big here, sing the blues. And then we have Tiny, um sing just heartfelt songs then we have charlie sing the songs that are very powerful in rock and roll and i like the way that they switched over genres of music and that was very well done and that each and every single dog had a different song and even the villain jed reese or who plays roland the human dog catcher even had a little kitty song uh singing to the dogs i want to be a cat a fluffy fluffy cat meow 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 and I just want to laugh whenever I hear that because one of the um, one of the other best things about this was that it added co comedic humor to these hysterical villains. And even though most people like the humans are in control, they actually had George Newbern, who voices Bark, the bounty hunter dog, be the mastermind of the plan. And then Jed Reese was like his little sidekick. It is definitely a wonderful film, and I absolutely love the song. I have to agree with you. So what age range would you give this film? Um, I would say the perfect age range for this is probably four or even five and to 18 and up because adults will like this and think that it's very funny and will like to take their kids to this. And then their kids will probably love it as well because it's very cute and very funny. I definitely agree. And how many stars do you give this film very quickly? Mr. Simon Growl, I am going to give this five out of five puppy singing stars. Well, those are definitely the best stars. Thank you so much for talking to me about Pupstar. If you'd like to check out this film, it is available now. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we talked about the films Silly Suicide Squad and now Pupstar. Now we're going to transition to Kamai, who is 11 and lives in Georgia, about the new film Ben-Hur. So Kamai, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. So what do you think about this action-packed film? I thought it was awesome, honestly, because, you know, you got to, even though it was a remake, now that's 2016, there are great graphics and stuff like that. And and uh, Ben-Hur, like uh, we said, has been remade quite a few times. And although I do think that this is very different, do you think that they should remake it again? 
No, because people are just going to know the whole plot of the story. They're going to get bored of it and start not coming to movies. I definitely agree. If you saw 1950s or the earlier versions, the story's a little spoiled, and I do think that it's good that the directors and producers and the writers did change it slightly, so it is still kind of refreshing. Now, what do you think about the acting? We have uh, names like, for example, we have Morgan Freeman, who plays that name. I'm not going to even try to pronounce. I'm sorry about that. We also have Jack Huston, who plays Judah. We have Toby Kebbell, who plays Masala. We have Rodrigo Santoro, who plays Jesus. So what do you think of their portrayal? I think their portrayal was great. I think they did a pretty great job. And what do you think about the cinematography, cinematography since this is an action-packed film? Um, like I said before, it was great. To, like I said before, with the same answer as the other answer, it was great. And uh, what do you think about special effects? Well, those were awesome. I mean, they were the effects were CGI, so they're sort of looking realistic, but not really there. So they had to use a green screen and all that. But they look great. Like, for example, the ocean, it looked like you were actually there. I definitely agree. It did look very realistic, and it was kind of interesting if you saw the 1950s version to see it all in brand new and advanced CGI technology. Now, out of all the films in this, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, out of all the scenes in this film, what do you think is your favorite? I think my favorite is when um, Ben-Hur gives Jesus a drink of water near the end of the movie when Jesus is about to be crucified because it shows that Ben-Hur has learned a lot, a lot through this five through those five years of hard, tough life. I definitely agree, and also it's very significant because earlier in the film, when Ben-Hur is getting arrested by the Roman guards and he collapses when he's about to be crucified himself, uh, Jesus comes and gives him water. So it's kind of like almost a karma thing or Jesus, you know, gives a favor and Jesus receives a favor. And I think it's very symbolic and I think it's a very strong message. And I absolutely love their portrayal. I definitely agree. That was a fantastic, fantastic scene. Now, what do you think about the soundtrack? Because there is a very classical soundtrack that adds a lot to the drama and the action. How do you think? Did you enjoy it? Well, I am a fan of music, but I think but I think this soundtrack matched the theme of the story. And how many stars do you think you'll give this film? I would give it a 5 out of 5 star rating. And why is that? Well, because it was awesome. It was amazing to me. I mean, CGI effects were good. It wasn't too boring. It kept you entertained the whole time. Now, I know this is going to be hard, but what do you think out of all the great things about this film, the acting, the story, the cinematography, the special effects, what do you think is the best part about it? You know, I think it's going to be in a CGI because, you know, even like when you saw people like dying and stuff like that, you know, they're not actually dying in real life, but the people just look so realistic. Couldn't really tell the difference between the fake people and the real people acting. I definitely agree. Thank you so much for talking to me about Ben-Hur. Very quickly, what age range do you give this film? 11 through 18. Thank you so much for talking to me. If you'd like to check out Ben-Hur, it is now in theaters. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kiss First Common Attractions. This show is sponsored by The Jungle Book, which is now on DVD. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
to become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year, or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh. Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we just got done talking about Ben Hur, Pop Star, and Suicide Squad. We're going to continue. We're going to close the show with Jerry. Me and Jerry are going to be talking about the new romantic film, The Light Between Oceans, and we're going to talk about it. So, Jerry, let's get right into it. I am a romantic. I like to look at myself as romantic, and I am a sucker for these kind of films. So tell me what I'm gonna tell me what I want to hear. What did you think about this film? You know, I really liked the story. I thought the story was fantastic. It's based off a very good book, and I think the story is perfect for a novel. And honestly, I feel like a lot of the scenes again would have been perfect for a novel, but they pretty much converted every single scene in this film to make it into a film, and that made it extremely long. The runtime is over two hours long, and honestly, I love romance films too, but after an hour and 45 minutes, after an hour and 50 minutes, it starts to get a little stretched, and although the acting is spectacular, the set designs and costume designs that takes place in the early 1900s are wonderful. Everything is just beautiful and spectacular the story a little stretched out and honestly sometimes it can make the viewer lose interest because it is very stretched out well there are those films like that that sometimes just goes on a little bit too long but uh, i actually want to bring something up and i want to make sure uh, we'll get back to the film but if you notice the lineup for uh, for agenda in this radio show We've been talking, most of the films, well, these theatrical releases are based off a true story, based off a comic book, based off a book, a remix. So I want to talk about this summer, since this um, summer is pretty much over, the list of films and how it's been based. It's not a lot of original material has been out in films. Uh, so what are your thoughts about that? And how do you feel like we can see if we can, if audiences are encouraging movie studios to keep giving them stuff based off another source material. I'm going to talk about one film in the that was in the radio show lineup this week, Ben-Hur, which was remade, I believe, more than two times in it its was. history. So 
that is a perfect example. Ben-Hur is an absolutely legendary story, and I'm glad they are at least changing a little bit of it, but it is time to move on, because as you can clearly see from this year's lineup, most films that have original ideas did phenomenal, like Secret Life of Pets, that completely sweep box office, and I do think it's time for studios to kind of get back into making original ideas, because I love films that are, are converted from books, and I'm glad that they are making films from books, and remakes and reboots but i do think that it would be nice to see a new series starting or something new starting because we are getting the same original ideas we, uh, with disney doing their remakes from their classic animated films i absolutely love them but again i think it's time for some new ideas agreed and i don't know because you and i want to become filmmakers and we're, we're aspiring young filmmakers do you feel like that studios are just sticking do you feel like it's, they find it too hard to find original material, and that's why they just keep recycling or continuing with sequels and prequels? I don't think it's exactly that. I think, in my personal opinion, which may not be true, I think it's more related to time because it takes a lot longer to write a brand new script from scratch to come up with a whole new idea with new characters. Like for the... Uh, for Jungle Book, for example, that was a remake from an original Disney film, and it was a lot the same. A lot of things were the same. Of course, granted, they changed some things, removed some songs, but it was mostly the same. And if you imagine it, I'm sure it's a lot easier than altering existing script than writing a brand new hundred page script because it takes a, it takes a very long time to write a script. And I think it's really that. But again, if you look at how many. Uh, films that have original ideas this year and the years before that are doing so so very well it's worth it it's definitely worth it and i personally love the original films and honestly even if it's a sequel like for example a new star wars film that is already getting so much hype and it's still months before it comes out so you know i think that remakes and reboots are fantastic in moderation for this year there's been what five ten remakes reboots already Yes, but sequels and also adaptations. I'm talking about just adaptations and sequels and remakes in general. I understand reimaginings, but also it's got to be, I feel like that we've got to focus on quality than quantity. But again, studios don't see our time. But again, I'll get off the soapbox. I just want to mention it because I feel like it was an interesting analyzation just to um, bring to light. Back to uh, the light between two, um, the light, light between oceans. So... Talk about the acting in this film because we got two very we got very talented actors in this Rachel Rice, Michael Fassbender. Um, so let's talk about their chemistry. I thought they did spectacular. Like I said, everybody in this film did wonderful at their roles. Uh, there's names like uh, like you said, Michael Fassbender who plays Tom, uh, Alicia Vikander who plays Isabel, and they all did spectacular, and especially in this film, because its main plot is about a couple who's on a deserted island taking care of a lighthouse, so there's not many, there's not that many people in a lot of runtime, and I love them. I thought they did, they they, they just did phenomenal uh, performances at their roles, and to make the characters come to life from a book is spectacular, and also romances are pretty hard to act in, because you need to be dramatic, but you also need to be entertaining, you also need to just really portray that you are in love with this other character, and it really truly looked like they were in love, and it was a very dramatic film, but the main killer of it was the story. It was a little too stretched out, despite the spectacular acting. Well, sometimes I can do it. That's, you just gotta 
kill your babies, as my filmmaker teacher says. Kill some scenes. You just gotta do it, because the audience needs to stay invested. In some scenes, you just, you just get you out of it. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to continue talking about the light between oceans, and also we finished talking about Ben-Hur, Pup Stars, Suicide Squad, and Sully. Uh, now, this show is also sponsored by DVD release of Disney's The Jungle Book. Now, um, continue talking about the uh, light between the oceans. Uh, also, uh, it was Rachel Rice in this, but also Alicia Vikander. Vikander? I hopefully I'm, spend, I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, she's, she's, it's a chemistry between my best friend, Alicia Vikander, that I was talking about. So uh, let's also talk about the cinematography, because this is a period piece. It, I love the cinematography. There was a lot of beautiful scenes with the island surrounded by beautiful waves and spectacular aerial shots of the waves approaching the coast and the storms, which were pretty scary. I didn't ever think that I'd be scared or slightly frightened by a storm, but it wasn't very scary to see the very large storm brewing towards the island for plot purposes. But I love the cinematography, and it does a phenomenal portrayal of the scenes and the story and just showing everything, and it goes more than that, and it has some very artistic moments where it has more artistic uh, close-up of the light going through roses or something like that that doesn't really take away from the plot or explaining the plot, but it's put in there to show the beauty of nature and all of that, which I greatly enjoyed. Yeah, I love those kind of films. I love films that they be set in a different time. I always want to see, because you got the costuming, you got to make sure that, that you are transported into... A different time, a different period, and different lifestyle also. Uh, so let's talk about also the, particularly what scenes in this film that you think could have been cut and could have made the film less stretched? I think that there are certain scenes, I'm just going to quickly explain the plot. It is a very complex plot. Pretty much it's about a couple who live on a lighthouse. This is in the year 1918, so lighthouses were still a big part of you know, traveling and all of that and safety. And they live on a lighthouse in a remote island. They're getting food every month and all of that. But then they try to have a baby twice, and both times the baby sadly passes away. And then all of a sudden, completely randomly, they get a boat coming, and the boat has a baby that's almost starving and also a passed away man. And they decide to take the baby and just say that they successfully gave birth. And they do a lot of scenes when they're talking about the man. They do a lot of scenes with kind of the background story about the man and showing what happened to the man and why he was on that boat. I think that it is really great to have that in a book, but in a film, it's a little too much and definitely not necessary for the plot purposes and definitely made the film a lot longer because that's a good 10 to 15 minutes of plot time right there. Certainly. And that's the thing with books to movie adaptation, book adaptations in film is that we're not making an audiobook here. We're making a cohesive narrative, visual narrative, and well, book as with a story as complicated as this book is, you gotta cut some stuff. You gotta cut some scenes, maybe even some characters. And so I understand that a lot of people who are loyal to the the the, the literature of this that this is based off of, you got it's a movie. In the end, we're making a movie, and you gotta make it entertaining. We've also keeping keeping true to the source material. So again, that's just some of the repercussions of going a little bit too long. So, uh, what would you say the age range for this film is? 
it is very mature. There's a lot of adult references, and there's even like gore. I'm not going to go into detail because it is mature. But um, I give an age rating of 13 to 18 because even I was slightly disgusted by some things that were showing. So 13, 14 to 18 would be a good age rating. Wonderful. How many stars would you give this? I'd probably give it four out of five stars because despite that major problem with the plot, it was still a phenomenal film with spectacular, spectacular acting, beautiful cinematography, wonderful directing, a spectacular uh, set design, costume design. Overall, a great film. It definitely wants me to get, it's getting me to read the book, but oh, the plot, it was just a little too long. They definitely could have changed a lot in it. Well, all right, then. Well, thank you very much, Jay, for talking about in the Light Between Oceans. We're going to end the show today. Thank you for listening. This has been Kids First Coming Attractions. Uh, for more video reviews and red carpet events for the latest movie and DVD releases, go check out our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our blogs. We do weekly blogs from our critics. We talk about many things, many different concepts about film and entertainment. We really work hard on them, and you really should check them out. They are fantastic. Uh, also, check out our YouTube page, um, Kids First on YouTube, and we can all see our, review, our video reviews there. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and tune in next time. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 